And we're back. Episode 4, Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast. Sam, we made it to episode 4. Yo, I'm, I'm going to try to talk as least amount as possible in this intro because I've screwed up like the, last, the five intros that we've done. We tried to film this thing. We tried to record this at like 1030. And it's 45 <laughs> minutes later. And most of it's my fault, guys. So I'm just going to I'm just going to sit back, relax, let Jason take over, tell tell him the big news and then you'll hear from me. <laughs> All right. Um so this is episode 4 of uh, Nothing to Say the Fans podcast and uh the big news that Sam was alluding to is earlier in the week I got an email from Apple telling me that out saying, "Hey, your podcast is listed under sports and not sports and recreation." It's like, well, I didn't even know Apple knew about our podcast, um, let alone got approved. So I went on to Apple Podcast, and sure enough, the picture of Sam and I, nothing to say, the fans' podcast is now up on Apple Podcast. Our podcast is officially available through that app, which means if you've got Apple Podcast, you can listen to us wherever the heck you want, which, I mean, that's always a bonus. Sam and I are an absolute awesome duo to listen to yeah i'm really sorry you guys have to listen to my voice i'm really sorry <laughs> <laughs> yo just get it we made it jason oh my we goodness made it. we can pat ourselves on the back high. we can pat ourselves on the back a little bit right just a, it's just the a middle little of the pat. night and i'm screaming jason <laughs> just a little pat on the back um but no seriously um like uh, on a serious note, like thank you for anybody who's tuned in to uh, to listen to us. I know that Sam and I, when we first started this, we were going to do this. We <clears throat> we knew that we may not reach uh, a huge audience right off the bat, but we also didn't think we were going to get um, like our expectations for episode one, two, and three was maybe to get ten listens collectively through those three, and we hit fifty through the first three episodes, which may not sound like a lot, but when your expectations were set at 10, you know, to hit 50, you know, it really means a lot. So anybody who's taken the time out of their day to really sit down and <clears throat> and listen to us, even if you have us in on, the, on, you know, in the background, seriously, thank you. It means a lot. And it just adds kind of fuel to, to our fire of how much we, we really want to do this. Um, and we've got some, we've got some good stuff coming in the works for you. We're going to have some guests here. Um, Later, maybe flaking. Well, you know, life gets in the way. (laughs) Life gets in the way, but we're going to get them on. We're going to get guests on for you guys, um, and they will be on sometime this month, hopefully. Um, But sometimes schedules don't uh, line up, so we're gonna. We got some stuff in the works for you guys, and um, again, like sincerely, thank you for anybody who has tuned in to listen to us, and uh, we're going to keep trying to do the best we can and. Hopefully, entertain you guys for uh, for the hour that you uh, listen to us. So, thank you sincerely. Thank you, um, Sam. Uh, how was your week, man? It was great. Uh, my girlfriend came came up to to Eugene, and we spent a lot of time together. It was just awesome to see her. Uh, we only get to see each other, oof, if we're lucky, every other month. Yeah. And it was just really nice to see her, and this is probably this is probably up there as one of the best trips we've we've had together. So Good. that was, yeah, it was awesome. Like, and then now we're rounding out the week with this, and 
work starts and I want to quit every day, but I'm on a high right now. I'm on a high. Yeah. Hey, man, you got a cool girlfriend, so glad you guys, uh, Hey, yo, step off, bro. Holy moly. Yo, we got a problem, bro? Only if you make a problem. Bro, what you saying? I got a cool girlfriend. Bro, I know she cool. Hey, your girlfriend's like one of my best friends, so you're going to have to you're gonna have to live with bro, that. I'm, I'm your best friend. <laughs> I'm going to text one... her to step off. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, she came to one of my... Uh... My personal training session, so you got to keep an eye oh, on her, man. We get it. You're moving in on her. It's uh, sorry. It's fine, man. If that wasn't obvious, just because I'm not in the same state doesn't mean you you got to keep her company or something. True, you're right. Lay off. I uh, I'll stop making her that blanket. Um, no. <laughs> um. Yo, I'm not even talking to you, bro. Cut this. Cut this. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, that's good, man. I'm uh, I'm glad you guys had a good week. Um, oh, so you're you're happy for us now? <laughs> I'm always happy for you. Um, but no, seriously, glad you had a good week. Um, and, yeah, you uh, should get one of those. A good week? No, a girlfriend. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying. You got no game though. Oh wow, that's that's rough, man. That's rough. listeners. You gotta comment. Get Jason some game. Oh my, he's scared. Gracious. It takes like years to talk to girls. It's crazy. Wow. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just got fire. I, I just got out of one a couple months ago. I, I mean, I got, I got time. I got time. Um, yeah. No hurry, dude. No hurry. Uh, but you know, what we do need to hurry on. Uh, is hurry up on is getting to the sports news. So first, we're a sports show. <laughs> Apparently, according to Apple now. <laughs> um, so, uh, getting on to the world of sports. <clears throat> earlier in the week, I think it was earlier in the week. It may have been late uh, the week prior. Uh, but regardless of when it got released, uh, the NBA All-Decades team came out for the 2010s. Um, the All-Decades team is basically just a way of saying who the top five players of that decade were. And there actually was a first team, a second team, and a third team. So technically what it's saying is the top 15 players, um, but there are also tiers uh, with do those top 15 who, players. Do we know who voted on this list? Do we know who voted? I think it was um, uh, the, was M- the media. I think it was um, – media but i also think it was um some executives too oh really okay yeah i'm not i i really am not 100 percent sure and i've looked for that and i i couldn't i couldn't really find that it was kind of vague um but that's kind of i mean the that's not really what we're here to discuss but yeah, I, yeah. I get what you're saying yeah because um, no, if it was the players then it would be like a different be a different argument true um but so what what ended up uh the the all decades team the first team for the 2010s so the nba all decade team first team consisted of steph curry james harden lebron james kevin durant Kawhi leonard the second team was chris paul russell westbrook anthony davis blake griffin carmelo anthony the third team was Dwayne wade kobe bryant paul george LaMarcus Aldridge, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Um, 
Did you say Kobe? I did say Kobe on the third game. Oh, I guess I wasn't listening to you. Oh, well, nothing really changes, I guess. <laughs> uh I tell you what, uh, the very first thing that uh, sticks out to me is Dwayne Wade being on the third team and not on the first team. True. I don't get that at all because, first of all, in the 2010s, Dwayne Wade was an eight-time All-Star, and it does, that does include his honorary All-Star appearance. Um, had four All-NBAs, four All-NBA team appearances. He was averaging 20 points per game almost five rebounds a game and almost five assists a game. And he won those two titles in Miami. And yet you have James Harden sitting up here who besides uh, being a scoring freak and winning an MVP, the only thing he has to show for real accolades is uh, nothing. That's right. I forgot. Wait, he won an MVP. I know. I mentioned that, but. You got to get your James Harden hatred out of here. You got to get over that, man. Are you seriously going to sit there and tell me that you think James Harden deserves to be on the first team and not Dwayne Wade? Well, it's tough because the 2010s encompasses 10 years, obviously. Mm -hmm. And if you argue Dwayne Wade was all-star level for three of the 10 years, 2010, 2011, and 2012, Okay. But James Harden has been like dominant for since he left since he got to Houston, which, which was, was 2012. 2012. So just if you just go off of longevity, I don't think James Harden's a better player in his career, but if you're just going off of the parameters of this argument, which is who's the best player in this decade then I think James Harden takes it. I would I'd put Dwayne Wade ahead of say Blake Griffin for sure, Anthony Davis for sure. I'm I'm curious to see if they went by positions for this. Well that's the thing that's kind of curious about this is because on the <clears throat> third team there's no true point guard. So I'm not even. I don't think they did because Dwayne Wade and Kobe Bryant and I guess Paul George. At yeah. depending on who's in the lineup, there's no point guard in that third that doesn't team. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, there's no point guard. And honest, well, no. Well, okay. Well, then let me ask you that question. If they did go by position, who's that point guard that you put into that third team, and who do you take out of that third team? Because right now you have Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, Paul George, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Giannis. I'd move Chris Paul to the third team and put D Wade in the second. Just swap him. I mean, D Wade's not a. Oh, you're talking about Russell. Yeah, yeah, Westbrook could play points. Russell Westbrook. So you're saying move. You're saying move Chris and Dwayne. Yep. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't. Well. Yeah, I guess you're right because Yeah, yeah, you hear that guys? No. You hear that? Yeah, no, Woo-hoo-hoo. I agree. I think I agree with that. And cuz I mean Chris Paul and uh Dwayne Wade are, were kind of I mean they're kind of in this I know Dwayne Wade is now retired but and I know Chris Paul is still playing at a pretty high level but is he though? Well, I mean, yeah. Um, is he though? Maybe not last year, but um, you think about 
towards the end of Dwayne Wade's career, yeah, he was still productive, but obviously he wasn't the Dwayne Wade of old. And obviously Chris Paul is not the Dwayne Wade of old. Um, so they both have but, that, that aspect of kind of declining talent. But, I mean, in the 2010s, Dwayne Wade won two two titles. Chris Paul mm-hmm. never even sniffed the finals. But that was the argument I was making of taking James Harden out of the first team. No, his stats are too too much. Anyone an MVP, any you, – you forget how bad that Houston team was before. Like when he first got there – how bad that team was and he took them to the playoffs every year. That's, that's gotta be something Jason. Well, yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I maybe, and maybe I'm letting my, my kind of, I don't you are. Yeah. No, prob- there's no, maybe there's I, no prob- maybe. I probably, I probably am. I'm not a huge James Harden fan in the first place. Um, really? Well, it's not his personality or anything. I don't think he's a bad guy. Um, but I just I don't I don't necessarily like the way that he plays. Um, I think he's really one sided. Um, and I think Dwayne Wade. I guess what it comes down to is giving Dwayne Wade his respect because Dwayne Wade is going to go down as in the top five and possibly the top three for best shooting guards of all time. And I don't know. I don't know where James is going to end up on that. Um, he's going to be pretty high. He'll be pretty high, but if he doesn't win a title, then he's not going to sniff the top three. He may go down as one. Of, he may go down as. I think him and Durant are going to be the argument for who the best scorer of all time is. But if you're going to say pure just shooting guards, I don't think Dwayne. I don't think James Harden is in that conversation. Well, you can't even put Dwayne Wade on this list because Paul Pierce had a better career than him. Than Dwayne. Oh, I don't think you're getting my joke. Never mind. That was bad. Oh, I told that totally went over my head. Do you remember? Uh, I think it was All Star Break, and it was the NBA Jump Crew, and you know how Paul Pierce is on that. Yes, he he said like flat out, "I've had a better career than Dwayne Wade," and that like blew up. Oh yeah, I remember that. And then yeah. it came it came out that he like faked that one injury. Uh. His like totally. his comeback game where he faked the injury, but he really like needed to go to the bathroom or something. Oh, really? Yeah, I, there was something about him faking an injury. That was that was along that like week period where it was like Paul Pierce just needed to stay away from a microphone. <laughs> like, oh nothing, my gosh, like, people were going at him. Yeah, like nothing he was saying was doing him any good. He went from a first battle Hall of Famer to like a bum. <laughs> yeah, and, in one of, and it was all his fault. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like people just looked at his stats and went, oh, we were giving this guy too much praise. It was, nah, I'm just going to blabber and lose all credibility. So I want to go back to this list here. All right. third team, mm-hmm. Giannis, yeah. should not be in it. Who, okay. I think you moved DeMarcus Cousins. Into that third team. I completely disagree with that. So here's the thing where I'm coming from. Giannis has been good for the last three years. Marcus <clears throat> Cousins arguably was the best center for most of the 2010s on a bad team. Most of the 2010s? Yeah. At least earlier than when Giannis came in. Giannis started kind of making a name for himself in 2015. 
That's when he no, kind no, of said. You got to go, just go based off of the all-star appearances. Okay. Especially in the East when you make it like right away. Well, yeah, if you have any shred of talent, it seems like. So DeMarcus was making all-star teams in the West, was a dominant center on a bad team. I think you got to give DeMarcus – like he was putting up monster numbers. I would even argue putting him ahead of Anthony Davis and Blake Griffin. I wouldn't go that I'm, far. I'm shocked Anthony Davis is this high. And Blake Why? Griffin being this high. I think LaMarcus Aldridge should be ahead of Blake Griffin. Oh, you're losing me, man. Like, I mean, I under okay. I can see your argument for the Giannis thing because Giannis really didn't start making a name for himself. He's, he was averaging like 17 points per game in like 2015. So, what was DeMarcus doing? Averaging 25 and 12? He was averaging 26 that year and 11 oh. rebounds. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> but it was, killing it I mean, <laughs> and talking in third person. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I mean, I, I can't necessarily say you're wrong because. Okay, so I'm right. Well, no, I think there's a gray area. Um, because you, like, I could probably get on board with the Giannis thing just in terms of because DeMarcus has been around longer. Yeah. But you lose me at the Blake Griffin and Anthony Davis thing. Where where did I lose you? I don't – I okay, like I'm fine with putting DeMarcus in the third the team third and team. taking Giannis out, but I uh-huh. would not put him over Anthony Davis or Blake Griffin. Why? Well, because Anthony Davis has – like what stat does Anthony Davis not have – or that DeMarcus has that Anthony Davis doesn't have over uh, this same period of time. What, what, what are stats? When, when were those important? Since, I don't know, forever? I, <laughs> how are you judging these guys? If I mean, you're going – first, I'm assuming, because I don't have DeMarcus's stats for the 2010s up in front, do you have them? I have Anthony Davis's, and I have uh, yeah, I have Demarcus right here. He was compare him with Blake Griffin in when two thousand ten. Just through the years, what compare their best years? Compare their best years. Okay. Yeah. Um. So let's see. Griffin, where's his highest points per game? Griffin, there's a twenty. There was a twenty-four. Okay, so actually, Griffin's best year, I think, was last year. 24 points per game. His three-point percentage was at 36. His field goal was 46. He had seven rebounds a game, five assists uh, per game. And he was playing as um, – he's a power forward. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you want DeMarcus next or Anthony Davis? DeMarcus. I'm not ca- comparing Anthony Davis and Blake Griffin. DeMarcus's best year for points, not for rebounds, but for points – was in 2016, 27 mm-hmm. points per game, Ooh. 10 rebounds. For what team? Sack, baby. Yeah, sack town. Absolutely. He's that homegrown. That's what we do in that farmland. <laughs> at Cowbell Nation. And then uh, his best rebounding year was in 2014 with uh, 12 point So wrong. 2017 with the Pelicans, 12.9. So I guess um, – 
if you want to take in points and rebounds and I guess assists, his best overall year was probably 2017 with the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Although he only played 48 games, but in those 48 games, uh, he was averaging 25 points per game, 47% from the field, 35% from the three-point line, uh, 12.9, so 13 rebounds a game, five assists, uh, steal and a half, and a block and a half. Imagine if you put DeMarcus Cousins with Chris Paul, who's another player on that list. Doesn't that take away from Blake Griffin's credibility of being on this list with another player that was in the top 15 of that decade? You see what I'm saying? That that automatically elevates his statistics because of Lob City in that system. DeMarcus was – feeding off of Darren Collison and Ben McElmore, who I love, and Rudy Gay, who <laughs> caught the ball and held it for, like, five seconds and wouldn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and he had You're Tyreek not... <laughs> Evans, who, like, had a shred of talent, but they traded him away. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but I feel like you could almost counter that with Blake Griffin – I mean, DeMarcus, the reason I think maybe why DeMarcus had such crazy stats is because DeMarcus was the only one there. He's getting triple teamed every play. It doesn't matter. He's the only option. Why does that not matter? It matters because he's the only option. Like, you you put DeMarcus on a team who, I don't know, I think, so if you're saying you put him on the, put him on the Clippers, um, First of all, that wouldn't even work because DeAndre Jordan was there, so that trio wouldn't I don't think would have ever happened. But if you're just well, you're saying talk, you're talking about the third splash brother. The third splash brother. Um, that's, that's DMC. Yeah, I know, but like actually it's turned it into Brooke Lopez. Um uh, where's where's he on this list? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um but um no, because I think that feeds into the fact that DeMarcus was DeMarcus was the only thing when he was in Sacramento. I understand that you're saying he was getting triple teamed, but Blake Griffin was still averaging that many points <clears throat> when he had Chris Paul, who at the time was still a perennial all-star. And I know DeAndre Jordan maybe isn't an all-star, um, but you can't discount how important DeAndre Jordan was uh, for that pick-and-roll game. Uh for Blake Griffin, which I know you might say opened up some stuff for Blake, but exactly. But Demarcus, <clears throat> Demarcus was by himself; like he was doing it yeah. all by himself. So maybe that's why his stats are as crazy as they are. So what year? What year <clears throat> did you list for Blake Griffin as his highest points total last season, last season on the Detroit Pistons, where he was the only player on that team, and he didn't put up the same stats that Demarcus Cousins did on a war Sacramento team, lawyered. Okay, well, Blake's, if you want to say his second best year, he was only averaging two less points. He was averaging more rebounds, the same amount two of assists. Two less points per game. That's kind of a big deal. It's a bucket a game. I can't get a bucket a game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Go to 2013. He was averaging 24 points again. And he would, oh, and he was averaging, good Lord, how did I miss this? He was averaging, <laughs> well, no, because it was, it was a less, it was, 24.5 points in 2018, but 24.1 in 2013. But in oh, 2013, he actually was averaging two more rebounds, uh, two less assists, um, an extra steal. So maybe 2013 was actually his best year, and he actually played 80 games. Uh, was that before Chris Paul? <clears throat> before 
Chris Paul came. So that would have been 2013. Um, and Chris Paul came to the Clippers. Yeah, he was still there. Yeah, he was. He Chris Paul came to the Clippers in 2011. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. His first season was uh, 11. He was there from 11 to 16. He played uh, six seasons. <clears throat> don't call me a don't call me an NBA expert. I didn't realize he was on the Pelicans for six years. The Hornets. Well, uh, yeah, you're right. It has it listed as the Pelicans, but yeah, you're right. The Hornets. Some respect on their name. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I don't know. I think okay. So we talked a lot about the first and second team. Do you have any besides my Dwayne Wade beef? Do you really have any complaints about the first team? Steph, James, Harden, LeBron, well, Durant, Kawhi. Kawhi's pretty high. <clears throat> oh, don't even. Kawhi's pretty high, dude. Oh, don't even. I would slide. You know what? I would slide someone that we're going to talk about a little later. Carmella Anthony should be in that first team. All right. Well, you know what? This will be a that's a perfect segue to exactly what we were going to talk about. Um, just in recap, real quick. Uh, your NBA All Decades team, uh, first team: Steph Curry, James Harden, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard. Second team was Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Blake Griffin, Carmelo Anthony. No center on that list. I really think they should have done this by position, but uh, regardless, yeah, regardless. Third team: Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, Paul George, LaMarcus Aldridge, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now to go off of what? Oh, Sam, hmm. you know who else should have been on this list? Dirk. No. No, he's old. Dame Dalla. Dame. Um, he definitely should have been on at least the third team. Okay, well, would you... Kobe. <laughs> Take Kobe out? <laughs> get, that, get that Laker out of there. That, I'm not that gross ass gold color out of there. No, I'm not gonna. I, I'm keeping Kobe there. I'm sorry. I, I think at some point. No, I'm not even gonna make an argument for that because I so, think so I think Kobe's people will leaving, realize Kobe's leaving and Dame's giving him the first round exit wave. Bye bye. No. Bye bye, Kobe. Your no. knees don't work anymore. Ah. Kobe's there, and I probably would have argued for Kobe being higher, but um, 2010s. Voice crack. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. What did he uh, win? One title. Still won a the title. Last one. Still won a title, which is more than uh, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Blake Griffin, Carmelo Anthony, and James Harden can say. So you just keep piling on James Harden. What do you have against James Harden? Dude? I just named five other people. Whatever. <laughs> what did you did you ask for an autograph and he denied you? James, James. My name's Jason. Can you take a picture with me? Why? Nah, kid. Why? I'm trying to work on my game. Okay. Why? First of all, why did I sound like a female? And why does James Harden sound like a thug? Yeah, that's kind of the voice that I have for you in my head. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, maybe maybe it should be the. Oh, <laughs> you, sounded, you sounded like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Interesting. Um, well, you know what? That's actually uh, to to. Actually, you know what? I just totally lost my train of thought. I had a perfect segue for that, and now I mellow completely lost it. Yeah, so we'll just move right into uh, we'll move right into Carmelo Anthony, who was on this NBA All Decades team. Should have been higher. Who should not have been higher? Who um, went? Who who did the interview? He was interviewed with Stephen A. Smith earlier in this week uh, on First Take, ESPN. Yes, and it was 
it was really interesting listening to, listening to what he had to say um, about him not being in the league anymore, what kind of transpired in Houston. I did not listen to the full interview. I listened to about 10 minutes of it, but the 10 minutes that I caught of it was actually really interesting. Sam, you probably listened to more of it than I did. What did you have to think about what Carmelo had to say um, about not being in the league A and uh, the question of whether or not Carmelo could make, in your opinion, uh, a rotation on any of the 32 teams in the league? Well, what I thought was listening, if you guys haven't heard the interview, go look it up on YouTube. They have a bunch of clips for all the different things they talked about. And um, so what I thought was really interesting was when Carmelo got cut from Houston because he played with the Houston Rockets earlier this year after getting bought out by the Atlanta Hawks, he plays with Houston and within, what, 12 games? Uh, he, right? was, he played 10 games. 10 games. 10 games, he's cut. And we don't hear anything from Melo. Like, anything. Until this interview. So this was like the one time that we get answers to all these questions of, does Carmelo still want to play? Does he think he's good enough? Like, what kind of shape is he in? How much has he worked this season to get better and adjust to the game? And I thought from that standpoint, this interview was, like, really beneficial and, like, gave a lot of information of where Carmelo's head's at. Cause Stephen A and Carmelo obviously have had prior history cause Stephen A is friends with apparently every NBA superstar, but <laughs> except <laughs> for Kevin like, Durant. <laughs> yeah, it seems like. But from the, from the answers that Carmelo was giving and the questions, which you got to assume Stephen A briefed the questions with, Carmelo's team and Carmelo, there's no way he's going in without knowing those questions. There's no way. I don't think so. Yeah. So the questions that they were, that was asked and the answers that were given, it just really gave off like a form of like confusion and desperation for me from Carmelo. When just what stood out to me was when he was going over like how dumbfounded it was that he's not on an NBA roster when he's going over, well, there's 30 teams and there's 15 roster spots. How, how are you going to tell me I can't make a 15 man roster? And it was like, well, Melly, you're not like, <laughs> dude, you need to, you need to like look in the mirror and figure out what is going on. Cause those players that are no name, Alex Caruso's, they don't have the baggage that a Carmelo Anthony brings. Because as soon as Carmelo Anthony goes into the locker room, say he joins the Lakers, how much of a circus is that going to create when he's on the bench? Just the pure fact that his his name is there. And that's yeah. not his fault, but that's just what he's got to live with. Yeah, and um, and I, I'm going to correct in there. I said 32 teams in the NBA. There's 30. My bad, I got my head in football. Is there? Yeah, I got my head in football right now. Um, you know, it was weird when I said it. I was like, there might be 32 teams. Yeah, I got my head in football right now. I just, um, <clears throat> But to, no, to go off of what you said, no, I totally agree. It, he sounded um, – and I don't want to come across sounding harsh because I got nothing against Carmelo Anthony, like, at all. Um, it's not like my beef with James Harden. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> But although I guess you could argue the same thing for Carmelo Anthony because he really didn't play much defense either. Um, Why, are you just going to bag on him like that? 
You just said you had nothing against them, and now you're just gonna bag on them. Well, if I don't, then I sound like a like a hypocrite. Um, but wow, okay. <laughs> um, showing uh, showing some sides. Okay, here we go. Um, so the thing with the thing with Carmelo is that, um, like you said, yeah, he sounded. You you use the word desperate. He did sound desperate. But the thing that came across um, to me during that interview, first of all, before I even get into that, um, SB Nation did a phenomenal job at compiling some stats about Carmelo when he was just in his 10-game stint with Houston. And I'll just give you the quick stats before I give you my opinion on the part of the interview that I I listened to. So he shot – and this is all coming from SBNation.com. So he shot 32.8%. from the three-point range with uh, Houston. The league average was 35. He made 68% of his free throws. The league average was 76. Uh, he had 13.4 points per game, which was a career low, and his uh, per 100 possession scoring numbers were also career low. And I think this is this next stat is the most telling. In And this is a quote directly from the SB Nation article. In... 294 minutes with Anthony on the floor. The Rockets were outscored by 63 points. The Rockets have outscored other teams by 17 points in the 330 minutes he sat on the bench. So that tallies up to Houston being 12.1 points per 100 possessions better without Anthony on the court. So 1.9 on offense and a whopping 10.1 on defense. So basically... What that's saying, I know there was a lot of numbers, is they were better on offense with him off the floor, and they were much better with him off the floor on defense. So when Carmelo's – the thing that stuck out to me is he used this phrase a lot when he was talking about um, – who's the owner of the uh, Houston Rockets? What was his name? We were – What? Who's the owner of the Rockets? We were just – saying his name well the manager is uh the gm is daryl morey daryl morey yes so when he said he sat down and had a conversation with daryl morey the phrase that he the phrase that he used was he felt like the release when he was carmelo was saying that his release based on what he had heard from daryl morey seemed deeper than basketball and i just shook my head and went what are you talking about you they brought you on not to be what you were with them. They brought you on to be a contributor. And mm-hmm. just looking at your numbers, you were he was hurting the team. And I think what really disappointed to me, what, what really disappointed me listening to that interview is for somebody who, like Carmelo, say what you want about him chasing uh, money and maybe not necessarily joining, like going after money instead of going after rings. I've never heard anything, and I could be, like I said, I could be forgetting something, but I really don't believe I remember hearing anything negative about Carmelo's personality or about his professionalism. So to so to sit there and say that you feel like you were, like his release was deeper than basketball, when somebody like him, I feel like somebody as smart as Carmelo seems to be, he would have the wherewithal to look at his stats and go, oh, God, I really, really stunk. Like, I was playing the worst basketball of my career. So I don't understand 
why he's saying it felt deeper than basketball because on the surface, it looks like it wasn't deeper than basketball and we'll never be able to know if it was deeper than basketball, but he's absolutely stunk with Houston. You know what it is? It's that, it's that pride talking. Oh, very much so. Very much so. He, Carmelo, so throughout the interview, a big thing with him the last two years was his ability to adapt to a different role than what he's accustomed to. And yeah. throughout his career with Denver and New York, he was the primary ball handler and primary scorer on every offense was run through him. He was going to get the ball late in games. But when he went to Oklahoma City – he was reduced to the third option, even sometimes the fourth option. In his words, he would say that sometimes Stephen Adams was put ahead of him in the pecking order, which I thought was really interesting how Billy Donovan handled that whole situation. But he, a big thing for those situations to work was his ability to adapt to a new role. And then further in Houston, he had to adapt to coming off the bench for the first time in his career. Yeah, He said in the interview with Stephen A., very adamantly, he sacrificed in Oklahoma City, which I I understand. He probably could have been more volatile and demanding. I mean, he's got more pedigree, I feel like, than Paul George does if he, if he really wants to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And then in Houston, he could have said, no, I'm not coming off the bench. I'm Carmel Anthony. But in this interview, he was admitting to, say, to believing that he had adapted – but in the same interview, he's saying that he's better than all those bench players. Mm-hmm. So it's two contradictory things. He's saying he swallowed his pride and wanted a reduced role. But at the same time, it's like, no, I'm Carmelo Anthony. I'm, I should be in the NBA. I'm blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it's showing that he hasn't really changed. And it's yeah. really sad because he was, what, three years ago, one of the – top scorers in the NBA. Yeah, like and that's that's the um that's the sad thing too is um like this dude like I understand that his last couple of years may not have been amazing but this dude is one of the best scorers of the generation like from literally his first season in 2003 all the way up to 2016 this dude was averaging above 20 points per game every season. Wait, can you give me those years again? From 2003, his first season when he was 19 years old, all the way uh-huh. up to all the way up to uh 2015, 20, oh no, I'm sorry. Uh the 20, yeah, the 2016-2017 season when he was 32. Every single season he was averaging above 20 points per game. Wow. Every single season. And he's got a 26, a 28, a 25, 28, 25, 25, 26, 28, 27, 24. So we're not talking about some run-of-the-mill guy. It's, I mean, it's freaking Carmelo Anthony. He's a superstar. He is. And he's – and just – I know he didn't win a ring, but, I mean, come on. The dude's going to be in the Hall of Fame. So just – I don't know. I really wish he – I don't know. I really wish he would have taken the pro- the approach of, hey, you know what? No, I stunk. Like I really stunk in Houston, and I was not mm-hmm. playing good basketball. Instead of saying, yeah, I believe. I-. Well, I mean, I guess I don't really have as much of a problem with the. I, I know. I mean, I believe I could be on a, a thirty a thirty uh, 
on one of the 30 teams in a rotation because I think you and I both agree that the, every single player in the NBA right now currently on a roster, not every single player is better than Carmelo Anthony today. I don't think there's a single team that has seven players on it better than Carmelo Anthony is today. Yeah. So, I mean, I and I think the average NBA fan and the just – Really, anybody who knows Carmelo Anthony's name or knows anything about the NBA would probably feel the same way. Carmelo Anthony is a phenomenal player. He's a Hall of Fame player. And it really would have been I – think, I think he had a chance and he missed to really go, you know what, I, I did not handle my business in Houston. I, I played some really bad basketball, but you know, I have a lot more to give. Um, mm-hmm. and I really think I can be on a team. So I think he had an opportunity, and he had a platform to do it, and he swung, and he completely missed. I think he took the, the wrong angle on the interview. Yeah, you, were trying to, you were trying to see some humility? Yeah, I just, just in the sense of – because I think it would have done him some good in, yeah. in, in, in the eyes of players and in the eyes of GMs um, instead of saying, you know – you know, it was hard for me to take a, a six-man role because I'm Carmelo Anthony. Um, I don't know. I Like I said, I don't hate Carmelo. I don't think – I like, this doesn't change my opinion of him or anything. But I think he had an opportunity and, and, a, and a really good platform to to get some – to not point the blame necessarily at the Houston Rockets and point it at himself. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have made him look better in the public eye. Um, so yeah, I think he had an opportunity, and I I think he missed. Um, he just hand, I think he handled it poorly. Well, I do. I don't think the interview was a complete miss because it was a very long interview. Like he had, he answered some questions that he never answered throughout his career. So I think that that part of it was very beneficial, and I think it it also showed because there was one part of the interview where they go back to talking about how he handled free agency and meeting up with super teams because he was contacted by LeBron and Dwayne Wade, his banana buddies, yeah, to join up in Miami. It was supposed to be him instead of Chris Bosh. Which, let's not discount the fact that if that had happened, whoo, yeah, back, four in, four? back in their prime, like that would have been a, that would have been a vicious team. And let's and let, assuming Chris Bosh was still there. Because no, they couldn't have had all three. Of, or I don't, I don't think they could have had all four of them either. No, but... it was definitely it was definitely Carmelo instead of Bosch. Well, regardless, if it was just Chris Paul, I mean, not Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Carmelo Anthony, that would have been all enough. in their prime. Yeah, and just you know, we're saying that that team probably maybe would have gone four for four. Let's just say for whatever reason, they did end up keeping Chris Bosch. Like, well, the the money wouldn't have worked. No, no, no. Well, you know, I mean, one of them could have gone the Tim Duncan role and just sacrificed a bunch of money. I'm just saying hypothetically, just just as a as a fun scenario. Well, that would be the greatest team probably of all time. It'd have been up there. Um, I think. Well, when when they were talking about it, he actually showed in an age where players are teaming up with your Kevin Durant and Kyrie's teaming up, and your. Uh, Kevin Durant going to uh, Golden State and LeBron and AD teaming up. He actually showed like a role as like a leader for New York and as a competitor for them because he wanted to do it himself. 
Yeah, I'll, I thought I'll was, give him credit for that, definitely. He definitely – his confidence in himself as a leader I thought was very good to see because, like, the teams they put around him – he even talked about this. He never had a team the caliber as Dwayne had and LeBron had. Which he and that didn't. was one thing he harped of. Like, you can't judge his career purely off of the fact that he didn't win a championship because he honestly didn't have a team that he could have dragged to the championship. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think we're both in agreement that we think Carmelo Anthony should be in the league. I don't know. I don't know why he's not any, I mean, you pointed out that just looking at him on camera, he looked like he was still in pretty good shape. I mean, there's, that's not a, an accurate way to tell, but that's a hard thing to do too. It is when you're not that playing. much time off Yeah, to stay in shape. No one would have blamed him if he was out of shape. I don't think He'd have been so, like, oh, well, his, his career's over. Like, why would he be training? But he's still putting in the work, apparently, according to him. So Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I think we're both in agreement. I think we both think he should definitely be in the league somewhere. I think he deserves to be in the league somewhere. Yeah. He's earned that right to be on a team somewhere. So, um, But like you said, the whole interview wasn't a bust, but there were some areas where it just seemed like, oh, okay, you probably could have taken that a little differently. But, yeah. um, you know, you live and you learn, and who knows? Maybe he is going to be – maybe maybe some team signs him midway through the season. I don't know. Maybe if they're trying to make a playoff push. I mean, I could see that happening. I don't know who would, but I think we just have to wait till the season kind of transpires. Yeah. And if, if you guys um, haven't listened to the interview, go check it out. Yeah, it's. I mean, regardless of what we said about the interview, it is a good listen. Um, mm-hmm. it, he he really did get really real with Stephen A. Smith. He he yeah. was he his word that he used, and I think the one that Stephen A. Uh, used was vulnerable. He did kind of open up, um, and those interviews are always cool. So, uh, yeah, go check that interview out. Um, so moving on, uh, the segment that we introduced last episode, listen up, that I. Got the pleasure of uh, introducing and having the first uh, iteration of Sam has got the second part. Well, not second part. I guess second version of Listen Up. So Sam, you got about you got a couple minutes to uh, to rant a little bit. So everybody, listen up. Ready? Let's do it. I said. I said. Are you ready? Oh, and actually. Uh, with with well, hang on. I'm not. Ready. <laughs> everybody, everybody. I have not heard this. I, this is so. This is my first listen to this too. So we're all everybody's listening to this for the first time. Gosh, I should have grammar checked this. I should have had you read this first. <laughs> okay. Bring it. Listen up, all you people out there. Put some respect on the Sacramento Kings' name. Newsflash: They finished ninth in the Western Conference last season with a team full of young talent. They were expected by all the experts out there, all those NBA experts, were picking them to win 20 games, 25 games. They went and won 39 of them, finished ninth in the Western Conference. Yeah, that stronger conference, they finished one spot out of the playoffs. They overachieved a year ago with a young team, a De'Aaron Fox in his second year and a Marvin Bagley in his first year, who are both going to get better because that's how young players get. They get better year to year. 
you thought De'Aaron Fox was good last year? He's going to be per, maybe all-star next year or on the brink of it. Marvin Bagley is going to make jumps because the game's just going to slow down for him. Harrison Barnes, yeah, that guy that the Kings traded for, he's getting a whole offseason to work with this team and get better. Then they added Dwayne Dedman. Yeah, Dwayne Dedman. That, Sam, that pick's really big. That's a big addition. He's an upgrade over Willie Cauley-Stein with his perimeter shooting. Then they added Trevor Reza and Corey Joseph to add to that depth of that bench. They haven't had a good backup point guard since Isaiah Thomas. Then they still have Buddy Heald and Bogdan Bogdanovich, who shoot the lights out. Do people forget that Buddy Heald averaged 20 points per game? Do people forget that? In the NBA, the big National Basketball Association, he averaged 20 points per game. Why, why is no one talking about that? You know, what really, really pisses me off is when you go turn on ESPN and they're previewing the NBA season. Dallas is getting all this love. New Orleans is getting all this love. Where did I miss something? Did New Orleans trade for LeBron? No, they traded for Lonzo Ball, who can't even play more than 50 games a year. Brandon Ingram, who news newsflash didn't even smile when he went to New Orleans. Oh, that's gonna that's gonna be real good, New Orleans. Perfect. And Zion? Guy hasn't even dribbled a basketball in the NBA. If you look at the stats, compare the stats of Marvin Bagley's last season in the NBA and Zion's, Marvin Bagley has better stats in every single position. You know why? Zion's got zeros. So let's pump the brakes on New Orleans. And I get they have Drew Holiday. But even with Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis, a top five talent in the NBA, they couldn't even make the playoffs. So all of a sudden with broken toys like Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart, who the Lakers, a dysfunctional organization, decided to part ways with. They weren't even going to be on the Lakers. The Lakers? They're trash. Don't give me that New Orleans stuff. And Dallas? I get Kristaps, Porzingis, and Luka Doncic are good. They're probably better than any team on the King, any player on the Kings. But if you go after that, you got Seth Curry. Oh, darn. Uh, they got the wrong Curry. Someone's got to tell Dallas. Someone's got to tell the media they got the wrong Curry. They're acting like they got Steph. They got Seth. Take a, take a T out. You got the wrong one. And all of a sudden, they're better than the Kings, who finished ninth, who are getting better. People got to stop faking this stuff. They're acting like last year was an aberration. And the reason I'm saying this is because Vegas came out with the wins, totals, projections over under. And again, Sacramento finished with 39 wins and honestly should have had more because they lost to the Phoenix Suns by blowing like a 20-point lead. And then they blew a 30-point lead against Portland. So they should have won more, but whatever. They go from 39 wins last season to projected 37 and a half over under. If you go off of what I just said, how that team is going to get better just because of how much more time has passed. You see De'Aaron Fox is in the gym with Team USA. Is there any New Orleans players practicing with Team USA? No. Marvin Bagley's 
practicing with a select team of Team USA. Those players are getting better just from this last year. And you're going to put Dallas, who is behind Sacramento. You're going to put New Orleans, who was behind Sacramento a year ago. All of a sudden, they're way ahead of Sacramento. The Kings aren't even mentioned. If you're listening to ESPN experts, quotation marks, they're getting it wrong. The media is getting it wrong. It's time to give the Sacramento Kings and its fan base some respect. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Well, just to tell you what, I can I can wholeheartedly say that was, that was better than my rant last week. Um but you know what? I mean, as a as a Kings fan, as a first of all, actually, Sam, let me give you the credit. That was that was good. That was really good. That hey, was shout out, really shout out, good. Ben, Benny, Benny Welks. That's for you. Yep, yep. And uh, we'll get Ben Welker uh, is now making a uh, a name drop on the show, but uh, is a uh, is a good friend of ours and is uh, our resident uh, Kings super fan and. Uh, he will be making an appearance uh, one of these days. But, I mean, you know me, Sam. I'm a Kings fan as well. I'm a diehard Kings fan as well. You're not going to get any argument out of me. Um, one thing, too, you mentioned you talked about Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald was the number one three-point shooter in the league last year, 42.7%. No one's talking about it, Jason. 42.7%. And so if you're saying Buddy Heald is our best player, which probably is right now overall, you can make the argument that Fox is. I think it varies game to game. Well, if those are our well, one, two, uh, having Harrison Barnes as your number three is definitely – you could do a whole lot worse than Harrison Barnes. Marvin Bagley as a rookie was averaging 15 points a game. Seven, didn't even know how to play basketball. Seven rebounds. And one thing that definitely needs to go uh, – definitely needs to be said is Harry Giles who at the beginning of the season was didn't even look like he knew how to dribble a basketball started really I, you know hey that that um <laughs> what was it called uh California classic game we went to yeah he looked he looked rough oh man he was he looked real it rough. was so bad Sam Sam Ben and I were all in the watching the game and all three of us looked at each other and we're like these guys should not dribble a basketball. Like, I don't understand. Like, every time he put the ball on the ground, we were all holding our breath like, oh, please, no. I think his first three dribbles in the Kings uniform were turnovers. It was bad. It was bad. Um, And I'll tell you what, he (laughs) – towards the end of the season and his time in the D League just completely turned him around. It was insane the difference – that just – it was crazy, his growth throughout the season is what I'm trying to say. Like, he just looked so much better from that first game to the end of the season. And he's going to get better. He – I mean, that was his first year. That was his first year, both Harry and Marvin. That was their first year. And one thing, too, that needs to be said about the Kings is their pace of play. (laughs) You – when you play the Kings, you have got to put on your track shoes. Like, the Kings are one of the fastest teams in the league. If you didn't get a chance to watch them play last year, they will run you out of the gym if you do not show up to uh, 
to, to run. They are extremely fast. And I'm not saying that the Kings are the best team in the NBA. I'm specifically saying that if you're the type of team who doesn't like to get up and down the floor, you're going to have a hard time uh, playing against the Kings just because of how freaking fast they play. I don't know. I don't know, man. I under. I don't. Yeah, I putting the Kings as low as they have been in these like very early projections has as low been, as ten. Or I mean, um, sorry, like like eleven. Yeah, it it was ridiculous. Like I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it, especially like Oklahoma City. What? Where they're not going to do a damn thing this year. So Oklahoma City, they were in the playoffs last year. They're going to drop. So we'll say Los Angeles swaps with them. So because the Lakers will make the playoffs. But now you're still talking about the Kings competing against Oklahoma City, Minnesota, Memphis, who got worse, New Orleans, <laughs> Dallas who is getting better, but is Kristaps really going to account for, like, we don't know. Oh, my god! We really don't know how much he's going to account for, that he's really kind of an unknown at this point. And Phoenix, who doesn't even look like a basketball team, just, or do, or do the Kings really look that bad? <laughs> like, I don't know. I know we're Kings fans, but we try, I mean, I, I try to be, and I know you do too, try to be as objective as possible. Like, are we re- are we seriously missing something? The Kings won six more games than Dallas did last year. Granted, without Kristaps. All of a sudden, Dallas is projected to win three more games than Sacramento. That's a nine-game, nine-win increase. Or swing, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. How? I don't know. Did Sacramento trade all their players? Do they they not have De'Aaron Fox, who... Throws lobs off the wall in between <laughs> the legs. Oh yeah, we saw that. Yeah, the and you know what the funny thing is is uh, it just that was kind of as uh, as Sam was pointing out that was something that Darren did at the Team USA practice. I was really disappointed at how underwhelmed the gym was when they saw him do that because that was an awesome dunk. Oh my gosh. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys heard our thoughts and. I mean, predominantly Sam's thoughts, but I'm I'm right there with him with everything he said. I don't understand why the Kings aren't aren't getting more love, and I, we're not saying that the that ESPN has to shower them with love, but I mean, come on, like, is it really too much? And we're not even saying the Kings are going to make the playoffs this year. At most, they're going to fight nah. for at most they're going to fight for the eighth seed. But like, are we really going to put? Are we really going to put them that low? Does it really make sense to to kind of have the Kings hanging around? 13, 12, 11? I don't think so. If I've heard, like, many people saying New Orleans is a dark horse to make the playoffs. Make the playoffs. That yeah. roster is not better than Sacramento. No. I'm sorry. No, and it's funny having them as a dark horse to make the playoffs. It would mean that they would have – that New Orleans, New Orleans, the Pelicans, would have to beat out either Golden State, Denver, Portland – Houston, Utah, San Antonio, Clippers, or the Lakers. It's not happening. That, these are the same people that were bagging on Zion Williamson because he was out of shape or because he was fat in summer league. Yeah. Those are the same people. It ain't happening. Oh it ain't happening. New Orleans is not making the playoffs. And I haven't not- heard Sacramento mentioned once. 
this whole offseason. No, and like I said, we're neither one of us are saying that the Kings are going to make the playoffs. But you just got to put respect on them. Like seriously, to 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 not even discount, to not even say that they're going to be kind of maybe hovering for that A spot, which they might be because of how competitive the West is going to be. Like, just I think what pisses both of us off is that you're going to say that Dallas is a dark horse and New Orleans is a dark horse. But why not the Kings? What are we missing? So I've heard an argument a couple of times. The Kings would go down just because the West got stronger with the Clippers and Lakers getting stronger. But if you take that into account, Dallas's win total would go down and New Orleans would go down. So you have to every, – everyone would be affected at that point. Mm-hmm. And then it just goes down to who's got a better roster. Yeah. And if you go – by rosters, <laughs> the Kings are better than both of those teams. They were better than them last year, and they're going to be better than them this year. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it just gets me mad, Jason. It just gets me mad. I can tell. <laughs> um, man, oh, man, you brought some. That was, that was a good segment. You got me all fired up now. Um, yeah, that's what happens when I write down what I say before I say it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I should do that more often. Instead of messing up on the <laughs> intro ten times like we did. Hey, I got good grades while winging every presentation I did. Yeah, well, I did have to correct a lot of your papers in high school, though. So, um, name one time. Name one time. Maybe. Yeah. What paper did you grade? All of them. Did I send you my papers? You and James did. Oh. Yeah. And why were, why was I getting six minuses? Th- because on the or, ones because on the ones you didn't <laughs> were the ones you got six minuses on. No, you know why is because uh, our AP lit teacher she had it out for me. No, I could not get above a six <laughs> the whole year. <laughs> oh man! Um, I also showed up to class late every day for first period, but that's that's fine. Yeah. Sam was a good student. We'll put that out there. Um, His senioritis kicked in. A little bit for you, yeah. Um, So we got about maybe like six, seven minutes left on this podcast. We're going to do a very, very quick segment um, because one of the things we mentioned on the very first episode is we both love movies. And as much as this is going to be a predominantly sports show, uh, when something in the entertainment business kind of piques our interest, we'll – We'll talk about it. And one question that Sam wanted to do today, we'll spend just a little bit of time on it, is um, Rotten Tomatoes is a very widely used <clears throat> movie um, critic site. Whether or not you base your movie's opinion, movie opinions off of that website is up to you. I know neither of him and I do, but sometimes it's fun to uh, kind of look to see what uh, what the consensus is. So the question is, what movie that is labeled as a rotten movie on Rotten Tomatoes is actually a guilty pleasure of yours and what you think is actually a good movie. So Sam doesn't know my movie. I don't know his movie. Sam, we only got about six minutes left, so give me a quick little spiel on what your movie is. And um, if you're listening on Apple Music or Anchor, there is a comment Apple Podcast, not music. Apple Podcast, sorry. Uh, there is a comment feature, so please comment which one of these movies you think is better, because um, I think we're trying to convince you guys as the viewers which one's better. Yeah, so here we go. Uh, I chose a movie that was rated 56% on Rotten Tomatoes, which 
if you're going off of their rating is under 60 is rotten mm-hmm. correct mm-hmm. star is the i don't know what year it was i'm taking a really long time 2013 iteration of superman man of steel starring henry cavill amy oh, adams God. michael shannon and kevin costner you know what <laughs> <laughs> you know what um crap <laughs> so because... the reason this movie works i don't think fans see it this low but critically it was not received well no but for me and i know for jason yeah this is one of my favorite superhero movies yeah straight up just because of the job that henry cavill is superman uh-huh. he just is he was he born is. for that role yep. michael shannon Great villain in anything he does, but oh, as Zod, one of the best movie superhero villains of all time. That man can yell. He can <laughs> angry yell. <laughs> yes, he can. And Amy Adams brings like a nice uh, form of like humanity to the role because Superman's not a human; he's obviously an alien. So she brings like a little form of humanity and like vulnerability throughout the movie, mm-hmm. which she's a phenomenal actress. She's great. But I think this this movie is just. Directed by Zack Snyder, correct? Yes. Just so, like, visually, this movie is breathtaking. Is is one of the trademarks of Zack Snyder, who also did Three Hundred, which was also shot beautifully. Um, if you guys Watchmen. haven't seen that, I I was gonna say Watchmen, but I didn't know if he actually did that one. Yeah. One of the few things that was good about Watchmen, the movie, is just how it looked. That was one of the few things that was good. Yeah. But anyway, for Man of Steel, just from the performances that Michael Shannon gives and Kevin Costner gives and Amy Adams gives, not to mention Henry Cavill is so perfect for this role. And I know it's a dark version of Superman. Like, he doesn't smile enough and his suit's dark. But it's it's just the reality of what would be – what would happen. Yeah. This, this kid's had to hide his identity from the whole world. And he's had to – lock that self up he can't even help people that's how scared he is could you imagine how dark he would be if you let people die like he literally lets people die while he's growing up which is so like a dark aspect of the whole superman story yep just no i henry cavill as an adult and as superman and how he's going through the trials of learning about krypton through zod and all the different aspects. And I think the final fight is one of the best final fights of any superhero movie, just because you see the, how lost Zod is because the Krypton, the Kryptonians were raised with one purpose and his one purpose was to protect Krypton. Anyway, he, anyway, he thought, even if that was wrong, ultimately, but that was his one purpose. And he lost that purpose in life when the god what was that thing called the doomsday machine made a beam in the sky go down and try to turn earth into krypton whatever it was called oh yeah yeah that thing was destroyed so he was lost with all hope and you just see it in his performance how pissed he is yeah that that little um monologue he has right before they uh right before he fights superman is one of the it's it's 
One of the best villain monologues. Yeah, yeah, I got no, you got no argument here from me. I I actually, I didn't know that that movie was that low on Rotten Tomatoes. And you know what the funny thing is, is that recently I've been seeing so much support for that movie just out of left field. I think it's Um, because Henry Cavill got taken off as Superman. Probably. Which Um, is so sad. It's so sad. I know. That we didn't get a Man of Steel 2. That is so sad. Yeah. Because that movie, I, you, I mean, like I said, you'll get no argument from me here. I, I, I actually didn't. That was the fun thing about this segment is I had no idea what Sam's movie was. I didn't know that that movie was rotten, uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes. So you got, yeah, I, I will not argue any of those points, um, which doesn't bode well for my argument, but that's okay. <laughs> so let's, um, let's hear what the, the losing movie is. So... So this movie is a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's actually an 85 for the audience score. Um, has, ha, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, has one of the best I – would, I would say it's up there as one of the most um, remembered. It's going to – well, there's so many great lines in movie history. Um, but it's – I would think it's going to be up there. It's going to go down as one of the best lines in movie history. And uh, opened the door for a trilogy, which was not great, but this first movie was phenomenal. And that's Taken, the very first Taken movie, the very first one, not the second one, not the third one. We can forget those two exist, just the first one. And this, when you think about what this movie did for movies moving forward and how many, how many movies tried to copy this. Just the, I mean, literally, just somebody being taken. It created a genre. It created, yeah, it created a genre of films, and it also created a TV show based off the movie that was literally called Taken, I think. Yeah. But the action in this movie is extremely brutal for a PG thirteen movie. The story is really, really gritty, and for a PG thirteen movie, it. I mean, you were talking about how dark Superman is taken is extremely dark as a movie. And honestly, it is just Liam Neeson, what he, I mean, he, Liam Neeson was already obviously Liam Neeson at that point, but what this did for him as an action hero and as an action character really kind of propelled him into this run of movies that he's had mm-hmm. as an action, uh, as an action star. And just listening, putting yourself in, Putting yourself I, like I remember, I go back to when I when I first saw the movie, and that monologue that he has, the the idea, the whole idea of the movie, especially from the beginning when his daughter gets taken. Spoiler: she gets taken. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but when his daughter gets taken, and the scene where he's listening to his daughter get taken, and just the expression on his face. It's probably one of the harder scenes I've ever had to watch in a movie. That, like, I can think of some scenes in movies that I've watched and I've like gone, "Oh my gosh, that was really hard to watch." That was one of them. Having like, can you? I can't even imagine listening to like my daughter or even like my sister. I don't have a daughter, but like my sister getting taken, and I can hear hear it happening over the phone and then the monologue that he delivers afterward you know saying 
you know, his lines about having a very long career, um, all the skills he's acquired and, uh, I will look for you, I will find you, and I will kill you. And then the villain going, <laughs> good luck, and dropping the phone. Like, if that doesn't give you goosebumps, then I don't know what movies you're watching. <laughs> Is that the, um, does he say that I have a certain set of skills in that? Yeah, so I actually have, part? yeah, I actually have the, the like, five lines literally right here pulled up on the screen. So what's funny is I think this shows the quotability of maybe just that one scene. But I've never seen Taken. Mm. And I know just that line, like... You've never like, seen Taken? Isn't it like, isn't it like, who is this? And then he's, and then Liam Neeson says, I have a certain set of skills. No. I, the, I will find you. I will... So what ends up happening is his, the daughter is telling him, hey, there are people in the apartment. And the dad, and Liam's like, and Liam knows that they're going to take her. So he's mm. telling her like, hey, what I need you to do when they take you, he tells his daughter, you're going to be taken. It's going to happen, which is just such a crazy thing to think of as a father. Like I'm not a father, but just, I can't even imagine telling my daughter, yeah, they're going to take you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he's telling her, they're going to take you. When they take you, don't hang up the phone, scream at me, everything you see about him. High air, co- I mean, hair color, eye color, tattoos, piercings, beard, everything. I need you to shout it out for me. So they're waiting, waiting, waiting. Boom. You hear her get taken. She starts shouting out stuff and then everything kind of gets quiet. And then you hear breathing on the other end of the line. The villain doesn't say anything. And then Liam goes into his little rant about, um, you know, I don't know what you want. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're looking for. If you're looking for money, I don't have anything, but what I do have is, you know, the skills. And then he goes into that rant about, mm-hmm. you know, I will look for you, I will find you, and I will kill you. Um, which is just, it's one, of, it's one of my favorite scenes of all time. Um, and it, 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 this movie opened up, like, created a genre of movies. Um, I just think Taken uh, should be up there as, a, as one of the better action movies uh, of the past 20 years. It is, I don't, I don't know why it's sitting at a 58%. I really don't know what you could say is wrong with this movie. Maybe the fact that it's a pretty straightforward plot, but I mean that that's not that's not a bad thing. Not all movies have to be uh interstellar. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just I think uh I think Taken is a phenomenal movie. And the rewatchability of that movie is insane. So Yeah. Um Well that uh yeah, well after uh after hearing both of our points, and maybe for anybody who's seen one of the movies or seen both of the movies, feel free to uh, leave your comments because guess what? We're on Apple Podcasts now. Um, and actually, we can officially say, uh, please like, rate, subscribe, review. Please um, do everything you can to uh, to help us expand this podcast because we're trying to reach as many people as we, uh, as we can moving forward with this. Please. Please help us. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that'll. I got a. I really got nothing left to say. Sam, is there? Uh, is there anything you want to add? Um. 